This following podcast is going to discuss about how to approach our laboring patients. Every morning after sign up with our attendants at 7 o'clock in the morning, the OBD team goes meet with the charge nurse and the nurses that are taking care of our laboring and antepartum patients to discuss a patient's plan of care for the day. After doing this, we go to each patient's room and we introduce ourselves to the patient. This is very important that you do prior to the patient being in the second stage of labor. I'm gonna take a pause here and I'm gonna give you some tips of some research that you should be doing. First of all, make sure you know what the definition of labor is. This is really going to help you with those patients that come in OB triage that are rule out preterm labor or rule out labor. And it's also going to help you understand how a patient is progressing through their labor course. In addition to that, make sure you know the different stages of labor, what each one of them is, um, the cardinal movements of labor, and then once you have this baseline knowledge of what normal labor looks like, you can add on to what dysfunctional or abnormal labor patterns are. One of the articles I would recommend that's an ACOG and any of the residents can give you access to this article is very high yield after you learn your baseline knowledge. It's titled Safe Prevention of the Primary Cesarean Delivery. This is a very, very good resource. It tells us basically when we have to start discussing with the patient another mode of delivery. For example, for a failed induction of labor or for um, arrest of dilation, arrest of descent. So it's very important that prior to adding this article that's gonna help um, kind of glue things together when you encounter that patient experience, you first know what's normal. So after introducing yourself to the patient, then you take ownership of that patient and the patient's baby as well. You have to be very hypervigilant about that patient's fetal heart tracing, especially when you notice abnormalities. Again, I'm gonna pause. Go and read and um, in ACOG, there's a very good practice bulletin. It's called the Intrapartum Fetal Heart Rate Monitoring, Nomenclature, Interpretation, and General Management Principles. You can also look at your first aid um, if it has a section about how to read fetal heart tracings and what what each of the different components is and how to interpret it. Make sure, again, you get a good foundation knowledge. Once your foundation knowledge is um, very good and you understand it, then I will look at up-to-date. There's a very, very short article about the management of different category tracings. Um, so you have to be able to interpret the fetal heart tracing, know what category tracings are, know what is a, and it, what um, makes an NST reactive, all of these different things before you can start understanding how to manage it, okay? And this is very important because once you understand the basics and you're able to then add on um, what abnormal fetal heart tracings look like or abnormal fetal heart uh, tracing categories are, then you can start actively participating in your patient's care, recognizing those on the fetal heart tracing in front of you, and then alerting the team. Sometimes the OB floor is very busy, so this is when you have to talk to the different residents and alert them and then help them out and perform resuscitating measures if necessary. Um, most likely they will be if their tracing is abnormal. 
Um, in addition to that, if you get the opportunity to do a cervical exam, make sure that this is at the residence discretion and that they're supervising you and that a nurse is always present for any sensitive exam. Um, you may be asked to write some of the laboring notes if you're able to do a cervical check. A laboring note is usually written every time that a patient calls out for pressure or for any other complaints and you go check the patient. Anytime there are um, any decelerations that require resuscitation efforts and you have to do a cervical exam and you still have to document what measurements you did to try to improve the category tracing. Um, otherwise, we like to monitor our patients about every four hours while they're in um, latent phase and when they're in active phase we monitor them every two hours um, a resident can help you go through what a normal um, labor note should be like um, what it should include when it comes to vaginal delivery all the following people should be in the room a junior resident a senior resident an attending the patient's nurse and then a couple of other nurses that um, help take care of the baby when the baby is born. And sometimes we also have our neonatologist physician in the room as well. There are events during a delivery, um, such as in shoulder dystocia, where extra help is called. Once all of these people are present in the room, we can move forward with a vaginal delivery. At the beginning, as a medical student, you're mostly going to be helping deliver placentas. Um, please follow the instruction of the residents as you're delivering a placenta. If you get the opportunity to deliver a baby or if you want to have that opportunity, we do have a simulation center where we can practice a delivery with you prior to you having that experience in real life with the patient. And many times, um, the residents can do hand on hand while you're delivering our baby and many times, um, they'll be just available right next to you. but be, um, but it will allow you to have that experience yourself. Um, if we don't have access to the simulation lab, no worries. We have a little mannequin in the OB lounge with the baby, and we can discuss those maneuvers of delivery with you while we're on call. Um, after the patient is delivered and after the placenta um, is delivered, um, just make sure that you know some of the uh, very high yield topics after delivery is postpartum hemorrhage. Know what the definition is, know which medications we um, can get for postpartum hemorrhage, what are the contraindications, what are the most, some of the most common adverse effects. There's a very, very good practice bulletin that ACOG has regarding this subject. I'm pretty sure that if you also look at first aid, you'll have a very good section about it as well. Um, some of the ways that you can help um, after we deliver baby and deliver the placenta is that you can help roll over the list. Um, so when you go to oblist.rabhs.com um, and you find the patient that just delivered, make sure that you change them from LND to postpartum. Um, that you update their G's and P's appropriately, that you update their room number. If Sometimes we don't know that yet until a few hours later, but just keep that in the back of your mind that you're gonna come back and update the room number. Make sure that you take off, um, take off or um, delete IUP at 37 weeks. And you change it to postpartum day one that is post spontaneous vaginal delivery or SVD at 37 weeks. Um, make sure that you remove the EFW um, under the column where there's the EDC or the estimated date of confinement. Change that to um, the time, the day and time that the patient um, 
delivered. All of these different things will help, um, help with the flow um, and you will be able to make um, a great impact on um, the team by helping them take care of this task.